Hi. I got a tape I want to play. Just what do you think you're doing, Dave? Your move, creep. Take me to the volcano! So why don't you make like a tree and get out of here? Come with me if you want to live. This town needs an enema. Like I said, I need a bacchiatomy. Yes, that's a human ear, all right. I got a bad feeling about this. So we'd come to this. <laughs> I knew it. I, knew I didn't know. I was waffling. If you were going to do it, I was. I, I was like, if I'm silent long enough, maybe yeah. he'll do the Bronson I, voice. Yeah. I'm Charlie. I'm Eric. We were going to do the Bronson voice. It's There's no happen. way around it. It was going to happen. I'm going to do it throughout the episode. It's going it to get comes worse up. and worse uh, it, as it goes. Yeah. You can't not do it. Yeah. I mean, Bronson is back partly because it's like, we got to do the voice. Gotta, and we're not we're not good at the voice, but you don't gotta voice. be. Yeah. You, I just miss that voice. I miss yeah. that Charlie Bronson voice. Mm. It's been ten months since we did ten to midnight. Feels like yesterday. It does, but also it was five years ago. I can't tell. It's anymore. It, it's anywhere from ten months to five years. Yeah, and, it's all over the place. But we were getting that itch. That Bronson itch, right? It's always there. It's there. You I know, can, there's so many ways you can scratch it. There's so many movies that you can get your fix. And, and we were like, what would be the least popular movie <laughs> we could do? What's one we haven't heard of? Or at least I haven't heard of. <laughs> What's one that nobody wants an episode on? Yeah, right. We're going borderline. We're going straight to the borderline. Is is this the best Charlie Bronson movie that's named after a Madonna song? Is this your favorite? I think so. It's much better than Like a Virgin. Yeah. I thought that was a terrible Bronson movie. Or Kinjite, uh, Forbidden <laughs> Subjects. The actual. Yeah. Or like Family of Cops 2. <laughs> that was off of True Blue. That's a good Madonna song. Not a great Bronson True movie. Blue. Come on. <laughs> True. But, man, I love Charles Bronson. I love this dude so much. And we went with Borderline. I guess I was the one that... I don't know why I suggested you suggest Borderline. It. Yeah, I don't know either. <laughs> That's a good question. I think I had seen it and was like, oh, it's a cool cool group of guys. This, this is a guy's movie. This is a cool guy's I, actually, movie. Actually, yeah, that's exactly why you chose it. And you're right to do so. Yeah, well, so this many... This is a great guy's movie. So many Bronson movies are Bronson movies. Where right. there's cool guys in them, but it is a Charlie Bronson feature. And mm-hmm. this is the most Bronson almost put into a normal man's role movie that I've seen in ages. This is a very yeah, uh, atypical Bronson movie, especially for 1980. You would think by then he's doing the Charlie Bronson yeah. stuff Well, that's why that you expect. I think I was really drawn to Borderline, not just because it's my favorite Madonna song, and I wanted to see what the movie adaptation mm-hmm. was like i like the song more but <laughs> but this is kind of cool between eras bronson because this is before canon era so this is before right. all That's the death true. wish sequels yeah 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 He'd all done the it, original yeah death wish. right so but this was between his like into yeah the real crazy stuff and after his like huge box office king era so this is after he had, you know, topped mm-hmm. out the 70s as this m- huge, huge star. mega star. Yeah. Yeah. And living in New Hampshire now with Jill Ireland and the 14 kids. Uh-huh. Just the mega biggest celebrity. Just right? getting paid to make whatever movie he wants to make. Yeah. We read that he was just on Retainer 
with a company on a pay-to-play contract or a play-to-pay. One of those? One of those. Basically, Basically, if they didn't use him, they were paying him anyway. They had to pay him whether he made a movie or not. Yeah. It so was they a, were desperate to get him to make movies. It was like the he Santa Claus He was like, deal. well, why do I want to make these movies <laughs> if I'm going to get paid anyways? He was the guy that made money who also people didn't want to work with because mm-hmm. he is tough. Because he's Charles Bronson, and he brings all his Seems Charles Bronson shit like he's Bronson got a very particular sets. way that he does things, right? Yeah, I love an actor. You know, the other big 70s draws, like Clint Eastwood. Mm-hmm. But he was his own production man. Oh, yeah. He'd bring a bunch of the same actors that he loved, same guys to shoot stuff, same directors. Like, he was a just a movie-making crew, right? Mm-hmm. It's like Tom Cruise now, you know? And But Bronson is literally just a guy paid to show up and act exactly the way charles bronson acts and nothing more and he is not required to be nice or talk to people at any other time there you go he is paid to show up and be charles bronson kind of like a b-movie harrison ford or someone he's just he's so big in his field he doesn't have to give a fuck yeah he just kind of (laughs) he can be a a difficult guy to work with because people are going to go see his movies and you want to be in the movies that people go see so yeah to do the charles bronson movie and so I'm, I was really into the idea of borderline because it's not just him showing up being Charles Bronson. I mean, he's going to be Charles Bronson to a oh, degree. He's, he's, he's definitely not, Charles Bronson. The image is going to be up. Yeah. He's going to look. He's going to sound. He's going to act like Charles Bronson. But this is one of those, those weird Bronson choices where he's a cop. <laughs> Instead of it's always weird Instead to be like a regular guy. Yeah, we're going on the run of Bronson ass cop. Now we did ten to ten to midnight. Yeah, and now he's the border patrol cop. I think that's. I was also interested in the the border patrol angle. Different angle. Yeah, because Bronson is a dude who always played Indians and Mexicans. In like the 60s. And now he's going undercover for a bit. I was going to say, he plays Mexican in this movie, so you're not disappointed there. Basically everything about it sounded cool. Yeah. The guy's movie, like you said. I think think my big draw, now that I'm thinking of it, is Ed Harris. Finding out Ed Harris was second billed as the villain in a Bronson movie? That's news to me, buddy. He was was, uh, introducing Ed Harris in the credits. Yeah. This is a movie where you get four great names, you get introducing Ed Harris, and then you get like four more great names after the introducing. Usually that's the capper. Wilford Brimley's showing up 12 deep. Yeah, as a Wilford Brimley. (laughs) Did I not know that? Did I not know his first name was an A word and not Wilford? (laughs) Is it just that they got one of the Wilford Brimley? Was there a different Wilford Brimley in SAG already? He had to be... You had to go to A. Wilford Brimley for a while? I never knew he had like an M. Emmett Walsh. That was so weird to me. Name. A. Wilford Brimley. Uh, yeah, you suggested this movie, and I didn't really look up anything about it. <laughs> you so in. I had no idea going in. I love it. So the credits start, and it's like, Charles Bronson, check. Knew that. Bruno Kirby shows up second in the credits. Yeah. That's great. Then it's guys like John Ashton. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Ed Harris. I was like, yes, that's great. And then, yeah, it kept going. It kept going. Like Brimley's. Bert Remsen, one of the Nashville 24. He's a guy, yeah, yeah, he's yeah. A guy looking for Winifred. 
Yes. And he's I always know him as the grandfather in uh, Terror Vision. Oh, of course. That's all mil- I the old All mil- I could think of him in this movie was him <laughs> just being in that down in the basement going, just taking care of some business. <laughs> in Terror Vision. He is great. Yeah. Burt Remsen is great in Terror Vision. <laughs> And yeah, Burt Remsen. He was like a Robert Altman guy. He's in several Altman movies. Yeah, so he was. A, yeah, yeah, in he's Nashville. That, McCabe and Mrs. Done. Miller. You know, he's uh, he's also worked a lot with this director. Talk about a cool guy. I did not recognize the name Gerald Friedman. I did not, not either. No, but I was like, all right, looked him up. Another one of these guys with just the coolest career. Never having any blockbusters, but when you look at his work over a thirty-year run. Just from writing and directing, he like wrote and directed episodes of Night Gallery, mm-hmm. the post, the Rod Serling after Twilight Zone. He did a ton of '70s TV movies, including some really famous ones like the Scott Bayo teen alcohol one, "The Boy Who Drank Too Much." Oh my God, is that real? That's the real That's name. Real. <laughs> That's the real name. Yeah, Scott Bayo like pisses his pants at a party trying to like it. He's the boy who drank too much. I. I I call it the bus that couldn't slow down. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, TV, he, so he did just tons. He did the, um, there's a Raquel Welch roller derby movie. Oh, beautiful. Kansas City Bomber. Is this going to become a Friedman This guy's got, yeah, this guy. All this, of a sudden, Gerald Friedman. Friedman, Friedman's a guy? It's a Friedman Friedkin podcast uh-huh. right now. It has to be happening. got to do this. He did, he did episodes of the X-Files, season one X-Files, mm-hmm. too. They knew they the like, worst. The worst season one, the one with the killer computer. He used yeah. this floppy disk. <laughs> Might be aliens. Nah, it's probably just bad everyone. Code. People want to see stuff with computers now. We're getting Friedman. Friedman did that Bronson Colin Border Friedman. Patrol movie. Call Friedman. We know what to do. He's bringing that the boy who drank too much energy to mm-hmm. this. Uh, my favorite thing I learned. I saw he did an episode of MacGyver. I'm a MacGyver. Mm-hmm. I'm a I'm a MacGyver guy. And I gotta know which one he did. The pilot. Oh, okay. the MacGyver pilot. The MacGyver. Even better, Alan Smithy. Oh wow. He took his name off the MacGyver. How bad did that pilot. go for him? Gerald Fruit. I do not want to be associated with this Henry Winkler production. <laughs> I am out. I am out on it. Taking his name off of that. You know, he doesn't do it for the credit. He does You know, he does it for the love of the work. I love the idea. First, uh, the pilot episode of MacGyver, very good. It's a I'm very sure it good is. MacGyver. I'm sure it is. Right. I don't know what could have Something happened. Something happened. I Something couldn't find out what made him be like, you know what? No. Nah. I do not want to be a Maybe it wasn't his choice. Yeah. But it was not the only one. That's like, he did an OJ Simpson TV movie, Alan Smithy. It's like, oh, I gotta Damn. know why he did not want his name <laughs> on the OJ TV movie. But so, yeah, I love these kind of, Gerald Friedman, he's he's on the list. He's going to be one of these guys. We have to do more of him. I love a guy that just works for 30 years doing still cool stuff. I would do the episode on whatever 1995 OJ Simpson don't put my name on this uh-huh. movie. We got to do a list of Alan Smithy, Gerald Friedman movies. I got to know. I'm okay with that. I got to talk about another guy. Because you said you just keep seeing these guys' names. And one woman. There is a lady in this movie. <laughs> there's, a single lady. There's one woman in the yeah. middle of all no this. No romantic uh, subplots, which thank God. I no. mean, <laughs> you know when you're going it. That's, that's, comes, that's the Bronson seal yeah. right there, right? He will not be interested sexually in 
any woman in this movie. Like this right. guy has sex. If you don't see Jill Ireland in the credits, <laughs> yes. ain't gonna be a, a subplot of if romance. Jill Ireland is not second build, he will not be having sex with a woman in this movie. Guarantee he will not the woman might offer and he will just go like we gotta get up early. Or something he will leave her at her hotel room door naked. Definitely. That's a Bronson move. If it ain't Ireland. And so I see this name, another name pop up. Not only is it a dozen names of guys, I'm like, oh, great. Mm-hmm. Charles Cyphers. John Carpenter legend sure. Charles Cyphers. Yeah. And then I barely it's see him line. in there. It's one line in the beginning, <laughs> yeah. I think. Oh, Just Cyphers. Teasing you with that Cyphers. <laughs> yeah, such a tease. Oh, Cyphers is a Border Patrol <laughs> Just guy. Just see him there sitting. Never shows up again. She's like, oh, I know he's going to do something. <laughs> Never see this guy again. I kept it uh, waiting for wise. him to come back, right? Yeah. This is post a lot of his Carpenter stuff. So mm-hmm. I figured, oh, yeah, he's a known commodity. He'd already done Fog, Precinct 13. How? Oh, yeah, he's, Cyphers is coming back. He must have butted head with butted heads with Bronson <laughs> in the beginning. <laughs> You're out, Cyphers. I remember his name being higher up in the credits than a guy who'd get one line in the first scene of the movie. Yeah. So he must have butted heads with Charlie Bronson. Something broke bad there. But I recognize this name, Tak Fujimoto, cinematographer. That is a name I have seen. I know this name. Mm -hmm. I don't know why I knew this name. Brother. (laughs) Not only did he start his career cinematographer on Badlands. Mm. Just jumping your career off on Badlands. Holy cow. Went on to work with a bunch of Jonathan Demi movies. Mm-hmm. Not Stop Making Sense. But, you know, Silence of the Lambs, something wild. Uh, went on to work with Shyamalan, Signs, Six oh Sense. Oh, my gosh. All these things. This guy's another one of these dudes with just a 40, 50-year career, right? I, a name that I've seen probably a couple dozen times just looking through. IMDb. This is all guys. It's all guys. You got Ed Harris when he's got, he still has hair. Mm-hmm. He's got that haircut like Dauber from Coach. He does. Yeah. <laughs> it's already going bald. Yeah. The very silky, thin, blonde, uh, long parted. Uh, his hair is white. Yeah. Ed Harris's hair is like my kids. Just yeah, pure he does. white hair. Yeah. The Jock so Peterson. Weird straight comb i've only when i think of ed harris with hair i'd only thought of uh creep show yep the dinner party uh, is this before so this came out in like 80 yeah this is pre-creep must have been yeah so introducing he kept, he kept, oh, introducing introducing obviously that can't be right should have looked that up at a mm-hmm. time For, did, think, Eric, did ed harris not start acting until 1980 that sounds about right because then wasn't he in that uh romero uh Medieval Knights on Motorcycle movie, like oh, sure. in 81 or two. Okay, yeah. And then, yeah, Creep Show's like 82. Okay, well, man. There you go. What a career. He's like, hey, just so you know, this is all going. I'm going to be <laughs> I'm gonna be out. all bald by luckily, 1983. I'm working at a time where that's okay. He got grandfathered <laughs> in, huh? Him yeah. and, him and uh, Picard. Him and like Malkovich and, yeah. And he looks, Picard. Ed Harris is like a good, I couldn't think of his name, Patrick Stewart. <laughs> sure. <laughs> <laughs> Sam Jackson is like, the last guy that got into. Got yeah, into. it's different if if you're. Black. Well, that's true. That's yeah, true. bad example. But <laughs> the Rock's gonna be okay, right? But Vin Diesel's still doing all yeah, right. Yeah, Ed Harris though, he's at least got. He's like, I got the cool jawline. Like he can pull it off. Like Statham can yeah. pull it off. He's got like, those you need steely a, eyes. Mm-hmm. You need a certain eye and jaw to yeah. pull off the their specific bald. He's a good. Well, he's such a great guy 
uh, actor who can do both the good and the bad. Yeah, he's such a good good guy, such a good bad guy. This could easily everything in between. The, the Harris, such podcast. a good tortured soul. Um, I think Pollock is like a really amazing movie, and him being Jackson Pollock, yeah, so fucking good. Eddie, but I mean, he, he is. is such a cool, cold blooded, smart bad guy in this movie. He's so it's all it's all about uh, smuggling people over the border. Yes, and the border patrol trying to catch all these people and complaining about how hard it is to catch all these people. This is a very pro border patrol. That's why. I oh get, yeah, I don't know why I keep suggested cop Bronson because <laughs> it's way cooler when it's vigilante Bronson, right? Or at least cop blurring the edges of. Uh, it doesn't well, necessarily lead to satisfying. There's not a lot of Miranda rights given out in this movie, <laughs> so. <laughs> Everything I've read about it before I saw it, I, I read like an interview with Bronson where he's really talking about the plight of the Mexican-American immigrant, yeah. right? Where he's really talking about, you know, like these people want to come here and, and do the work that other people don't want to do. And I, I, it's all like we should give them a path to citizenship. And I was just like, oh, this movie's going to have a choice. This movie's going to like make a stance. This is going to be Bronson. Mm-hmm. Doesn't really happen. That doesn't happen at all throughout the movie. He is just going after like uh, traffickers, and these these any scenes with immigrants are them just like, all right, yeah, herd them up all here. Uh, let's get them grouped close together here. Keep so these we can... guys keep these thousand people in a barn overnight. Yeah, they're fine. They're no. they're good. So it's this a... is very. This is not the sympathetic uh, plea to the. It does take immigrants a. It does take a more serious tone than I was expecting. I did not. It ex- takes a pretty real. Like it tries to go for this sense of realism, and but in the end, there are there's that one scene especially at the shanty town. You know, Bruno Kirby is kind of like our uh, sympathetic like eye of like, geez, these people really live like this, right? And. Uh, Bronson's the Just kind tried of to do over a little it. Uh, there. Didn't even go. He's been border patrolling for years yeah. now, right? So you didn't know anything about this movie. Even though I suggested it, I really did not mm-hmm. know anything about it. And when we start, so already I'm surprised. It's like, oh, man, Bronson's just going to be like a regular border patrol agent. I thought he would be. So I had all these ideas of what the movie was going to be. And then none of my story ideas were anything yeah. at all like in the movie. I thought Bronson with his plight of the the Mexican immigrant thing, was going to be the Border Patrol guy running, mm. like, as a coyote. I'm like, this sounds incredible. This sounds great. So we don't get that. We don't get that. And then... It's, it's, a, it's a very realistic, uh, as far as, like, there were several times where I waited for him to open up Bronson style, and that never really happens. Uh, I think he shoots his gun once in this, like, one round, the whole the whole movie. One shot. Yeah, this is uh, him so not going after not that a... kind of Bronson. Mm-mm. But There's... it is very much like the, uh, yeah, the Border Patrol guys are all really good guys doing a really hard job as best as they can. And uh, we need to, you know, stand up for these guys. Thank yeah, you for these guys are helping stuff. us out. Which, yeah. you know, I, again, uh, this was also watching this movie. It's one of those where it's like, that's not a job I could do. No, well, that's this not is something like, I could do with is... my life. It this, looks awful. This being movie out there starts in the desert, <laughs> chasing people down. <laughs> I refuse to feel any kind of sympathy for any of the border I'm just patrol saying, I don't want to do it. I don't want to do it. I'm, so God bless you. I'm not <laughs> having it. I I was already so pissed at my choice right when we start. And it's just like you are getting 
a pretty impressive scene of, uh, of a border crossing. Tons of extras in play, running through rivers. Yeah, yeah. And then, but then it's all just like we get in all these border patrol meetings where they're going to be syncing up this hit, and then we get the other side of it where coyotes are kind of filtering people through the, and uh, then all the border agents just like, yeah, flank them towards the sandbar. <laughs> like, nah, they're just herding up these poor people. So. Already, I was like, okay, so it's definitely not going to be that kind of story. When I yeah. see Bronson walking up to the herded chattel, like, no, we did this is this yeah. is a good raid, boys. So then I'm then it cuts over to Ed Harris and his trafficking crew, and already I'm thinking Ed Harris is the real good guy of this movie. Boy, will I be wrong in a little <laughs> bit, but because Ed Harris was, we show these two different tracking trafficking operations. One gets. Like, all but four dudes caught. Yeah. Four out of 80, <laughs> you know, make it to America. The rest are all herded up on the beach. And then we cut to Ed Harris. It's this, like, Vietnam vet Marine that is the picture of coyote efficiency. <laughs> this guy he is... He knows what he's doing. But he also is seems like he's relating to his customers and I'm thinking like, oh man, Ed Harris is going to be the heart of gold coyote. Yep, he's. I know exactly what you mean. He, uh, they, they have to split up the groups, and he takes the young guy with him. Yeah, and uh, you think like he he's going to save this save this young guy because he knows that other group's in trouble without him. Yeah, he really seems like yeah. he has this great plan, and like he's not just good at his job. The other one's just this crazy, you know, helicopters flying low to the ground, people running and screaming, and then it cuts back to him. And he's got the sick sewer drainage tunnel that opens up right underneath Highway 94 mm-hmm. outside. His, like, he's got the the great setup. He gets about 32 uh, immigrants into a small truck in 20 seconds. He is filing them in. He, Man. you see how many people got loaded into the car? and That gave so me so much anxiety. <laughs> that, was the, uh, that was like watching guys going into the submersible let you know and oh, just be yeah. like no i'm not doing that you can't you can't tell me i'm going into an airless ventless Mm-mm. truck with 30 other dudes in total darkness to trust this guy i never met to drive me across nope no Can no you no, imagine no, no. no. traversing i can't on, imagine anyone doing no. anything in this any border doing anything anyone does in this movie man People crossing the border do not get enough respect. Too many people are dying to hate these people that they don't know. But, man, none of us have ever been through anything like oh. crossing a border on foot. That's what I mean. Go, the, like, the thing this movie does well is really conveys the seriousness of that that plight. Like, And I'm sitting there in my you know comfortable house. I got the front door open. Yeah. You know, I'm not worried that some cartels coming through my neighborhood anytime soon. Right. And just that thought of like, if you were so desperate to do this, to get to a different country, I can't imagine how bad life would be. Yeah. Why would we not want these people? Why would we not be actively seeking people who really want to be here? Yeah. That seems like the kind of person that I would want. To be living around as somebody who really wants this. Seems like a great, great kind of set of people. And they make it clear, like, you know, they, they show all the scenes of all the guys working at the farms yeah. in the fields. You know, these are these people. And uh, they're still out there today. Of it is living in their shanty towns and their subhuman conditions, getting paid nothing. Yeah. 
and getting and hated still, on by half of the still country, picking right? The, the strawberries and the avocados that you're eating. Not in Florida, but yeah. <laughs> I can't. It's just now hitting me, like of all the Charles Bronson plight of the immigrant farm laborer movies. Somehow we're not doing Mr. Majestic. Yeah. But I'm well, like, I thought, let's do Borderline. I, I definitely had that thought too. Like, man, we I could be watching him kick a guy in the nuts right now. Instead, Paul Coslin gets his nuts <laughs> just bashed. In the chest. Well, this turns into a because uh, yeah, about twenty minutes into the movie, I'm like, so what's the plot exactly? <laughs> Because yeah. it's just showing them doing their Border Patrol job. And we see Bruno Kirby come in from New York. He's like the new guy. And I'm like, oh, okay, so it's going to be like this fish out of water, new guy has to get used to life down here. And uh, that never really like, That doesn't really happen either, right? no. Uh, but it turns into like to live and die on the border. It really does. And uh, poor Wilford Brimley, Scooter, <gasps> Scooter. Gets uh, Brimley gets shotgun absolutely blasted by Ed Harris from the back of this tomato truck, and uh, then it's a uh, yeah we got to catch the guy that killed Scooter kind of movie. I I, I gasped Scooter so loud <laughs> at Scooter's death. I was still stupidly believing that Ed Harris was the good guy. Maybe it's not yep. stupid. Maybe it was actually supposed to be. I know. No, that I was I was getting that feeling too, where it was like. Like this guy cares he's, about these. He's people. doing the right thing, or something. Yeah. He in in his mind, right? Well, like they they went out of their way to paint him as a Vietnam vet. Like other people working with him knew him as a yeah. as a vet. And we so, get a whole scene of him picking up the trip wire and figuring that stuff out too. So yeah, he's a smart guy, smart dude. And once they hit that angle, I'm like, oh yeah, he's a disillusioned vet. He saw how he was treated, mm-hmm. you know, John Rambo style. He's just trying to live. He wasn't welcome. Trying to hang out in the Pacific Northwest, and they want to run him out of town. So now he's like, "I'm going down to San Diego border towns. I'm running this up. Yeah, I'll make some money while I'm doing it. Yeah, he's going to make money, but he's helping people. He's helping people that society doesn't want. Just like so, I'm like, this is good. This is good. And then when Wilford Brimley, this cop, asks too many questions. Wilford Brimley, by the way, let me just say. 46 years old. <laughs> Doesn't look a day over 72. <laughs> I am like four years away from God. borderline Brimley. They just don't make them like that anymore, man. That old man is my peer. Can you be- I had to look at it. I was like, I know whatever the number is going to be. It's going to yeah. shock me. But I don't think I was prepped for 46. God. He is just so he's just so beleaguered all the time. <laughs> what an old dude. He's such a and, and, and like the scene where he's about to pull over this tomato truck with all the with all the migrants in it. He's like t- he's talking to himself. Oh, what do you, I think you're <laughs> Most of the Brimley dialogue we get in this movie is him in his cop just kind car, of muttering kind of mulling himself. it over and muttering. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. I mean and, it's and then good... it's like that we have to watch him like take down the license plate. Like, yeah, all right, nine, seven, okay. Yeah, yeah I got it. Effective as hell, though. Yeah. You're it wondering. It, l- it lulls you in to I, the Big Bang. I was not expecting it, man. This was a great, great movie turning point. I don't know if it I don't know if it ever gets anywhere close to the energy that that scene should. Because this is some shocking stuff. This is crazy. When First, I love the tomato truck setup, by the way. Yeah. The top row of tomatoes. Wilford Brill. Most of his muttering was him convincing himself. He's just like. What are they doing hauling tomatoes <laughs> this time exactly. of night? 
Should I go back? Should I check it? He's yeah. literally asking himself out loud. Ah, should I check it out? Ah, I think your tomatoes away. He's checking the numbers, seeing yeah. if this makes sense. His gut ain't. His guts. Something's off, right? Right. Which I think is not enough probable cause to pull someone over anymore. You right? know, when these That's hero <laughs> border patrol agents are out there patrolling 94. There's so much in this movie where it's just like, I don't think you can do that. <laughs> no, none of it. And that's why it's just like, man, I like when Bronson's like enacting revenge for his raped daughter. And then you're like, I know you can't do that, but I'm glad Charlie's doing it. And this, you're just like, I don't think you can do that. This, this guy's a they real asshole. don't have a search warrant for yeah, this place. I'm not into Bronson right now. And I was still into him. I love how Ed Harris, well, how can I mean, it's yeah, Charles yeah, Bronson, right? right? But uh, even when he's a cop, in Kinjite, he makes a guy eat his own watch. Wow. He makes a guy swallow his watch. It's like, you know, this guy's a cop. And I know I wouldn't like it if a cop did that to me, but I like, <laughs> I like Bronson doing it to this dude. I don't condone this behavior. Not, I didn't know that was a thing you could do. Pretty but good movie scene. Yeah. How much do you love, I don't know this actor's name, but how cool is Ed Harris's assistant Mexican Mark Ruffalo? Oh, yeah. He was cool. Who is, I enjoyed who is that Mexican Mark Ruffalo? But this movie lulls you into such this kind of quiet, like... Routine, routine of it all. Yeah, where... Mexican Mark is talking with this young boy that, that Ed Harris... Yeah, so Ed Harris saves the young boy, has him ride up front of the tomato truck pretending to be the driver's Just, son. Yeah, driver's like, son, that's hauling the cover. these tomatoes. And then yeah. they go like, oh, that is smart. Good cover. You don't want to be t- two white guys in a, in a tomato truck <laughs> no, at night. You can't be looking like Ed uh, Harris but hauling yeah. tomatoes. And when Brimley pulls him over and their stories are checking out, you get that sinking like, you know I'm going to need to see in the back of this truck, yeah. right? And already, I'm dumb, so already I'm just like, how are they going to pull this one off? <laughs> like, is Ed Harris, I'm thinking Ed Harris is the real hero of this movie, so I'm thinking he's got some kind of, he's got like a matte painting back there that's going <laughs> to, he's going to, they're going to open up the truck, and it's just like, boom, these look at the at this night. <laughs> It's like a just plywood with tomatoes, tomatoes painted on it. Well, like it's dark. Yeah, and they're yeah. like, look, this cop's like eighty-eight years yeah, old. That's true. Right? And so if, if he doesn't Br- go up close, yeah, he just sees back, the blurry image of it's 3 red orbs. If you paint it right, like I don't know, like I, how many screen doors have I walked into at nighttime? Right, yeah, that's probably true. less, probably less than five, but yeah. more than two. So, but also, like, what was what was he expecting that the tomatoes would come pouring out of the back of that truck? <laughs> What was Brim? Like, I guess I how was. How do you get away with? See, I was hoping up? something like that I'd would be like, happen. No, dude, it's a thing full of tomatoes. I'm gonna. I'm not losing half my truck on the road here. But uh, when they open up the one side of the cab, and you see all the silent, uh, you know, traffic people, and Brimley's got that sense of satisfaction. All right, give me the other door, buddy. Mm. Ed Harris just shotgunning Brimley on sight is a shock. Yeah. Spoiler alert. Gonna be a lot of spoilers for Borderline. Bribley just takes buckshot to the chest. He's no like no second look. Yeah, he is dead on impact. But that boy who was going to see his mom's working in La Jolla. He's gonna go pick up work. He's strong. Already knows English. Right? Smart kid. Yeah, he's. And then, yeah, he takes uh, some... Uh, Enough of the shot sprays him in the shoulder. Yeah. Man. 
he's down. And then I knew, that's when I knew it was going to yeah turn dark because I was like, well, this kid's where they yeah where they taking this kid to a hospital. Yeah, you always know that moment. It's like you know nobody has to say we can't go to a hospital, but at the same time, I don't think I was expecting Ed Harris to walk over the kid and just shotgun him yeah. straight down. Right? Oh. So my thoughts about Ed Harris were also <laughs> He's wrong. not the white knight we uh, we thought he might be. No. You know, when you look at his trafficking success rate, though, he you know? still feels like the good guy in the end. The he had to lie. kill that kid. But I don't get the sense that he get, goes out of his way to murder the people that he uh, traffics. Well, they, yeah, the, the thing I got really concerned then was that we were going to get some story where 40... Migrants show up dead in a truck or something. Oh, sure. I didn't want it to go that dark. No. It doesn't go that dark. No, he only murders but, a, uh, a teenager. He only kills the one innocent person and a cop. Yeah, but then and, uh, he goes from this. The movie does. This is probably the best thing it does is these opening 20 to 30 minutes of not letting you know enough about Ed Harris's character. For us to both be thinking like this guy's good, yeah, yeah, he's good at his job. He's got this down. He knows exact. He's got the timing down, Pat. He's got this down to an efficient science, right? But then we see that psycho part of the efficient science where he shoots a kid, and no later than you know, bodies just you know still steaming, and he's dragging these bodies off out of sight. He's already yeah. planning ahead. We got to push this like, car over there all yeah. of a sudden. Because yeah, again, the movie's been so realistic. Hasn't been sensationalized at all up to this point. Not really. And, uh, yeah, to get that intensity in that scene. And, uh, yeah, then from there it's, you know, they find him the next morning. Bronson, you know, the FBI comes in, thinks it's a drug case. (laughs) Bronson never convinced it's about drugs. No, man. It's always been about trafficking. Bronson in these kind of movies is like if Columbo told the killer everything in, like, the first scene. Mm -hmm. You know Columbo knows it. But it's like he's waiting the whole time and letting the killer walk into it. But Bronson shows up on a scene. He's immediately like, that pair of boots is different. And this one, he's immediately got the whole scene clocked. How do you like his little six-foot pointer tool that he's got? Yeah. He's got this retractable pointer (laughs) that he's circling the boots in the sand. This one and this one. (laughs) He's already identified every body. They've got a mark of the boot. He's like, all right, we're looking for a left heel mark boot. So I'm not, I love how Bronson, even though, even in movies where he's not playing a Native American or Mexican dude, he always has kind of like, he always has tracking abilities. (laughs) He always has like ancient Native American abilities. I knew he was going to be a tracker in this one. They devote so much time to his tracking. The tracking montage where him and Bruno Kirby go out has A, the weirdest music of the whole movie. It's got this like funky kind of bam bam yeah just out just and then like some trumpets coming in but yeah then you then you're getting the bulk of your like him and Kirby's teaching Kirby the the old ways Kirby doesn't get what they're doing out there and um, Bronson has all the he skills has, he has Kirby that. hide some tomatoes they find a couple of the tomatoes at the scene so he hides the tomatoes from the FBI go check him out at the lab. This is we get, so we're seeing the efficiency of Ed Harris. Bronson is a guy who acts for the rest of this movie like he has seen this exact same case play out this way countless he's times. He's a hell of a detective. He knows exactly. He's like 
no, the tomatoes will give you the clues back at the lab. <laughs> like, we find out later. So, <laughs> the shotgun scene. I'm already thinking this movie's incredible, right? I think we lose a lot of it from there. And I'm cool with that. I'm cool with a movie getting to a crazy peak and then working through kind of more of a, a mystery to a finish we all expect, right? Right, right. That's fine. It feels like we go into a spot where we're really tracking down a lot of different guys, a lot of different story threads, a lot of things. Like, I think we could have tightened it. There were so many different one-focus stories. A cool movie would have been Bronson going undercover as a Mexican dude mm-hmm. in Mexico, either as a good guy or a bad guy. A lot of directions. I thought that was the there. rest of the movie when that Same. happens halfway through. And he's like, so basically, yeah, he finds out that where the kid's He finds mom the mom in was. La Jolla. So yeah. we drop Bruno Kirby altogether. We don't need this new recruit anymore. Yeah, the Kirby suddenly, stuff really doesn't suddenly go Suddenly it's many. Bronson teaming up with a, an immigrant woman whose son has been murdered. And they go back to t- uh, Tijuana. Mm-hmm. And, uh, man, talk about a job I don't want. Traffic cop in Tijuana. <laughs> Guy just blowing his whistle all day. Uh and then they have to they go to smuggle themselves back in to America to find out who these traffickers are, these coyotes. And then it becomes like a, uh, well, we're just going to catch them all. <laughs> yeah, and we do that these without guys. really much any hassle. <laughs> yeah. So then we lose the woman for you know she goes away once we don't need her anymore. So yeah, this movie kind of like stops and starts a few times. Yeah, it feels. And I agree. We don't need. We don't need the scene of the woman identifying her dead son. Oh, I know. When they but, pull him out of the mid-rack of the freezer. <laughs> she goes down. You couldn't put the, him on a table first? Guy eating a hoagie, guy just I like assume. Looking up at, yeah, just looking through his notes like, hey, here's the one. Oh, your kid's the one that took a shotgun to the face? Yeah, we <laughs> got him over this. here. You're going to need to identify <laughs> this body, right? Yeah, we didn't and need Bron- to go through all that. I just love the idea of Bronson really like, we should be sure. We should. We gotta get it. So we get all these cool different elements. You're talking about characters that get introduced beyond the one line Charles ciphers. Mm-hmm. When Burt Remsen shows up, let me tell you how excited I am that suddenly Ed Harris, who five minutes prior I thought was just the good guy of the movie, now he's meeting with Burt Remsen in their map room. How cool was their map? They had a full-scale topographical had, like map set yeah. in the middle of this room. Yeah, the, walls covered in maps, and Ed Harris is go. He's like, <laughs> they got this place mapped out. They know where to run these people, when, what highways. With he's doing minority what the elevation is. He's yeah. like doing his minority report stuff, but with paper <laughs> maps. Like I was just like, oh man, we need to see this command center yeah. more, and so. Him and Burt Remsen have this cool kind of between-the-lines dialogue where Burt Remsen's just like, heard a trooper got killed last mm-hmm. night. Kid got killed, too. And Harris is playing it with them steely blues. Yep. That, square that was a good jug. scene. Yeah, really loved that. And then we don't see Burt Remsen for like an hour. Like, all we, they set up all these really cool dynamics mm-hmm. and just keep blowing them up. <laughs> For so then yeah, talk about cool guys that need to show it more. How about also villain Michael Lerner? I was just gonna say yeah, we see Remsen again with the big boss. We, we're going up the chain here. Up the chain, yeah. Remsen, uh, Remsen owns the you know the farm or the property where all these people 
And Harris is basically track, trafficking migrant workers yeah. directly to work for Remsen's big through, operation. Through his yeah, property. And then uh, we find out that they're actually flying these people around the country for illegal work. Probably housework or Anything, other terrible yeah. things we don't want to talk about. This is a business, yeah. But Michael Lerner is the businessman you know, smoking his giant pipe while he's saying, like, we need 2000 a month yeah. at the start of the year. So, I, you know, Michael Lerner, I probably flew on my radar in... The classic Barton Fink, otherwise sure. known as my father's least favorite Coen Brothers movie. <laughs> Barton Fink. Yeah, that was my dad yep. just chanting it on the way back from the video store. Loved the Hudsucker proxy. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's a problem with them Coens. They, yeah. They switch it up. You never know what you're going to get. But so the learner I was familiar with was he's so excitable. You know, mm-hmm. he's he's great, right? And now I see all this 70s TV that he did when he's playing these kind of more heavies. Yeah. Or the lawyer for the heavies. Common TV role for Michael Lerner. Right. Who who would have guessed the fat Jewish character actor would be playing a lot of <laughs> one-off lawyers in episodes. A lot right? of lawyers. Uh, but in this movie, he is this soft-spoken, threatening Michael Lerner. It's like when Albert Brooks shows up in The Villain in Drive. Yeah. Sure. It's like, oh, people should have been casting Albert Brooks as this guy. Michael Lerner as, like, fat Scarface. Whew. He is cool in this movie. Mm-hmm. He, he seems dangerous. And I've never looked at Michael Lerner and been like, this guy's dangerous. Yeah, I don't think I've had that thought. You either. know, it's like he is the dad in the Clueless TV series. That is Michael Lerner, mm-hmm. right? Like, not this guy. They couldn't get Dan Hedaya for the, no. <laughs> for the series. You no. bring in Lerner, right? But so we're getting all these cool guys who then were like, no, we need some real time uh, tracking lessons from Bronson and Bruno Kirby. Oh, see, uh, boots leave prints. These just flatten the grass. If you say so, man. Yeah, whatever, man. I guess. I also love the idea that they're all very upset about Scooter being killed. And yeah. yet uh, when they're out tracking, looking for the, you know, the bad guy, Bronson's got the great story of like, yeah, once it a guy who uh, you know started following his own footprints. And yeah, Bruno Kirby's like, oh yeah, what happened to him? And he's like, well, he walked up his own ass or something. <laughs> <laughs> kind of smiles and walks off camera. You get this. He's it. still got a little room for lightness. Bronson. Uh, well, I mean, it was the story of a man's death wandering in the border desert. But Bronson, the way Charlie tells it, right? Yeah. But yeah, you learn all this stuff. He's tracking this man. He knows. He knows Ed Harris. He's seen men like Ed Harris. He knows the cut on this guy's boots. Mm-hmm. He recognizes it. He knows guys that mark their boots. He's a tracker. Ed Harris was in the shit, man. He was in Dunang. Mm-hmm. Who knows where Ed Harris served in this movie? They don't delve into it at all. The no. only way they delve into it is eight different people go like, oh, that must be the guy they call the Marine. Oh, yeah, they call him the Marine. Yeah, I kept expecting it. some cool-ass Ed Harris just like, Laying in the muck with his dead, you know, crew. And then he's just like, I'm going to save these people from now. Nope. Don't learn anything about that guy's Vietnam past, right? But I think you should write that movie, though. I mean, that is an interesting movie, like The Coyote. But it's like coyote. with a heart of gold or something. I could, You could still get Ed Harris yeah. to be that guy. That's what, you know. Clint the, Eastwood did the mule. Ed Harris could be the coyote. This movie is just, yeah. It is, it's also so funny when you watch a movie that's so old-fashioned. But so, just still, like, yeah, this could be made today. Yeah. And we would get, pretty much, you'd have to cut out the uh, the slurs, but it could pretty much be the same movie today. 
you know, I like the policing they did on cutting out some of the slurs. We get a couple of bad ones, but maybe it's not my spot to laugh, but I have never heard it shortened to wets. <laughs> and they kept talking about the wet. It was jarring every time. All I kept thinking about was the the wet the dries meme and dry the wets. And here I keep talking about like how long would it take you to get 2,000 wets together? Like, oh. I can't. And I've never heard it said that way. Please forgive Crazy. me. I'm sorry. Yeah, <laughs> it's such a dumb sounding it's, word. It's like, I didn't want to bring it up at all, but they say it so much in the movie. That but it's, you they can't say it not... so much that it just highlights what a silly That's, sounding word it is. It's like if Tarantino made a movie about Mexican people specifically. and just was like, <laughs> I'm going to use the, the language. I'm going to use it. Wets was my favorite was Warren Beatty movie. Sure. <laughs> but, like, to hear it said so much. Uh, yeah, man. Yeah. Tough. Uh, but but most of the rest of this movie, you could still just, or, you know. Even using the data, because they do this. This could be a, a, a show on CBS or something. It really does feel like some, because they even have the, the Teletracker stat update, you know, with the one oh, million yeah. border <laughs> are, are caught per year, dot, dot, dot. An estimated two million are never caught. Mm -hmm. Like, this is really... They are still using the exact same they're coming propaganda over almost 45 years later, right? The story has not changed at all. They are still using the same scare tactics. Guess what? It is 43 years later. This was before I was born. Yeah. It doesn't need to be... If we had just accepted that this is cool, they want to be here, it's fine. This is a problem with... The solution is just letting them come. That yeah. is it. The answer is still the same 43 years later. They don't. They set out to make this serious movie, and they don't really choose to answer any questions or solve any oh, no. things or no. really want to take any sides. It really feels like a movie that wants all of it. Mm-hmm. And at the end of the day, it is, it's a Charles Bronson movie. It's about him being a hero, yeah. f- fighting the bad guy. Uh, they do, like I said, they take the more realistic tone. He never... Has to kill like nine dudes or anything like that. Um, Kills just Ed Harris. Just Ed Harris. He's not like what, a, literally. I think he just has the one shot. He gets oh, him yeah. At the he end. really does. Ed Harris has an Uzi. Bronson yeah. one shots him. Up Ed up. Harris goes from sawed off to Uzi at the end. Guys, packing maniac. This this is a Bronson movie, but for me, this is Ed Harris movie. Mm. Ed Harris owned every single scene he was in introducing ed harris you could he could have been in 10 things before this but this was introducing ed harris man this is world is where he made his mark watch out for this hunk yeah he'll only get hotter the balder he gets ladies that's right (laughs) that's right that's who this dude is yeah in a decade he'll be in the abyss Mm -hmm. heard of it Yeah, heard of Alamo Bay? So that's that, him. That makes me think because he has a very famous like, uh, you know, crew cut in Apollo thirteen. Was that fake hair? Was that like no? A I think wig? he can still pull up a little. He can still fuzz. pull up a little. What on was the top his hair in The Rock? He was, he was bald, still dude. Balding. He was like still cool. Bald I think he guy, kept it on yeah. the sides pretty long though. Think so? I think I he was a like... military man. The Rock. He had to have that height. It was tight. still pretty tight. Yeah, it was tight when he was in Truman Show. He was wearing those stupid, like, big Oh, he had, berets. like, a Kangle. Yeah, he had... Ew, he, was it a Kangle? He was going Kangle in the Truman Full, show. like, Pantoliano yeah, Kangle in there. So. Yeah, up in the eye in the sky. <laughs> yeah. Uh, hey, he's so, been in some good movies. as disappointing as... A missed opportunity, I should say, for more great Bronson in Mexico stuff. 
I thought we were going to get kind of like him doing like a training day thing where it's like, oh, Bronson shouldn't be yeah. in this area. He needs to talk his way out. That Use- whole part was was probably my favorite part, the going into Tijuana. Yeah. Uh, they cross the border on foot into Mexico. You see kind of like a Sicario-esque like scene of like all the cars coming in and then you hear someone screaming and the old this old woman <gasps> leaps out of the car Whoa. and there's someone in like the radiator of the car like in the engine she block was, getting she smuggled was, getting burned up dude that is crazy i was like that was pretty yeah that instead was instead of getting ho- snuck in in the trunk she was snuck in under the hood yeah and started getting burned by the oh wow and bronson's just crossing over as like a like a mexican man and the woman he's with is like you know she will. She'll be back with another one. This is the yeah. He'll be back next week. <laughs> uh, this is the first week. So I've seen plenty of movies where he's playing either a you know Mexican guy or an Indian, mm-hmm. the white buffalo, right? <laughs> yeah, that's, that is a movie. That is a movie. He's in, and uh, I love the. Uh, this is just him as a as a white guy pointing out the fact that he looks vaguely mexican like he flat out tells her he's like i it would never work i i passed the test physically but i don't speak the language the, yeah he doesn't speak well enough spanish that's why also that's another reason you know this guy sucks <laughs> how long is this guy career border patrol agent he's like never learned they make a real point i think i yeah i think this was on purpose to have anytime the border patrol agents are talking to the the migrants that they're rounding up it's always like that like really bad like see it today yeah, I you know see, these guys like are a not very pe- bad English speaking uh, Spanish person. Uh, that scene in Tijuana where she has to go to the bar to get him, and it cuts back to Charles Bronson sitting at the table with the biggest sombrero you Thank have God. ever seen in your life. I I had to pause the movie. <laughs> I was I started laughing so fucking hard. Just, he's got this brim on this how sombrero is like four feet how wide. How wide is the brim <laughs> on this hat? I know you don't want people to see you, but dude, dude, that sombrero was amazing. He is going undercover with like a <laughs> banana yellow convertible in this sombrero. Like, and when we cut, yeah, because you see some shots of him walking through town, and so you get the far off shots. You're like. That hat is humongous, right? <laughs> I didn't notice the hat until the bar. Until I noticed in the how, bar. So it's not um like it just looked like a hat. Yeah, and the, then it, the hat doesn't reason, have like a like what do you like head girth? Yeah, it's not. It's like not a like a big thing. tall hat. Yeah, the brim just extends on this thing. It is actually quite a low to the brow hat. Yeah, which. Looks insane. He well, it looked like a child wearing his dad's hat. <laughs> he looked like, is what it yeah, looked like. The hat was pulled down so close to the top of <laughs> yeah. his eyes because it was a low. It was like a dad hat, but for a sombrero, so not a really yeah. low. It sits low, right? Not like up like a trucker. And that brim man, he looked like a cartoon. That was so. Funny. He looked like one it of the like fabulous freak brothers, man, with his big old white hat. It looked like a cartoon. It hat. looked like the the three caballeros or something. <laughs> ridiculous yeah i can't believe unbelievable bronson is whatever costume prop person came up with that hat congratulations you did it i mean you got me so bronson is a guy who looked exactly the same 
in almost every movie, yeah. right? Regardless, you know, this is not uh, Rick Dalton getting a bunch of shit put on his face, right? Like bunch of junk, who, bunch of junk. Hide who I am. Bronson is like, no, people are gonna know they're seeing a Bronson. Yeah, <laughs> people need this. That's the right? priority. That's and so I cannot imagine what they had to do. How did they get him into this hat? <laughs> you can't trick Bronson into wearing a silly hat. He has to be fully They're on like, Look, board. Charlie, it's going to be one scene. Trust if, me. If he doesn't want to do a thing, you're not talking oh, Charles so Bronson funny. into doing a thing. He shows up, I assume, in just the clothes that he wears. Mm-hmm. And oh, then yeah. leaves Those were just wearing like them. his jeans. <laughs> He's the one Border Patrol guy who doesn't wear a uniform. <laughs> He's got the short. Oh, he looks cool like in that cool, brown like, leather jacket. Bra- I was just gonna say God that damn. dusted up brown leather the jacket. Short leather jacket with the cuffs. That is cool on Bronson. Yeah, but you get the sense Nailed that he it. just shows up wearing his wardrobe, and they're just like, "What are we gonna do? Like, ask him to put on these other pants? <laughs> like, no, no, they're not gonna put on that." So how did they get? It's not worth the hassle. How did they, can you imagine when they had? I assume two people carry out that. hat. Maybe it's his hat. I mean, maybe he <laughs> bought the hat from home. He did. He's own, like he owned he's, like you know, a ranch. Maybe last time he was in Tijuana, he's like, I think this looks pretty sharp. <laughs> <laughs> and he was gonna say, "Is this one of those things yeah. where he's just like, I'm just gonna wear this dumb hat, and nobody's gonna tell me otherwise?" Exactly. He might have been asleep in that scene, for all I know. You know, you can't tell. <laughs> it was pulled so low over his already sleepy eyes. Yeah. God, <laughs> that hat, so good. And then yeah, they 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 get smuggled back in and. That's they, a see that alone is robbed that is the, such a tr- cool plot. Yeah, that Bronson is itself a cool sneaking plot. into Mexico as a fake Mexican guy, sneaking back into the United States as a Mexican guy, getting jumped during the traveling. See, that's what I love because already it's a bad plan. He's telling yeah. the people he tells about this plan are all just like, "Boy, I don't know." And he's like, "It's the only way." <laughs> 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 no, I'm I'm not telling you for second opinions. I'm Normal doing police this. work isn't going to cut it this time. Yeah, this I have to get smuggled in. Yeah. I need the experience. He's method acting, mm-hmm. being coyoted, right? And he wants to learn where the tunnels are. This is their way to find it. It's very smart and very stupid. Right. And then, of course, what happens? You get jumped. Bad things happen to people getting human trafficked, yeah. right? It's not just a bad walk. Like, <laughs> exactly. you know, it's it's. The whole thing is off. The whole ordeal looks... The whole thing's worse than anything I've ever great. done, yeah. right? And at this point, I think it... You said it earlier. It really does kind of become to live and die in L.A. The moment I think it becomes to live and die in L.A. is when we get back to, you know, Burt Remsen's... Also, I love Bronson. When the shit goes down, his movies need to move at such an economical pace... That he has a way of wrapping up a scene that I imagine is just like, well, the script called for something else, but Charlie was done for the day. Because it's literally just like, what What are you doing here? And he's just like, it's a long story. <laughs> <laughs> he gets out of anything by just being yeah. like, kind of just like, oh, well, when, when they Yeah, when they finally get back after they've been smuggled and uh, they see the other Border Patrol guys who've been rounding up the people they were getting smuggled with. And they're like, what are you doing out here, right? Yeah. Yeah, and then he, he just gets in the car with the lady and is like, can we get out of here? Yeah. <laughs> Boy. Never speak of this scene again. Yeah, <laughs> nothing, right? Nothing overcomes it. There's no – he's not getting in any kind of bureaucratic trouble yeah, right. from anybody. Oh, no. There is 
He's it, the man. He's in charge. In 10 to Midnight, remember when he basically he planted evidence and lied about everything? He gets out of that scene by just being like, it was me. <laughs> like, <laughs> there's never any big drama right. around uh, like you ev- scoundrel you around Bronson Ken- I mean that's every Death Wish movie it's Vincent Gardenia yep. being like look we know what you're doing but can you not and he's just like I can't promise <laughs> <laughs> everybody's just telling Bronson rules that he, you know he's just gonna be like well, yeah. alright we'll see I yeah. guess counterpoint yeah Fuck you. <laughs> and so once uh, they go on the full raid of Burt Remsen's farm, I love bringing back our tomatoes plot point. Yes. This is so. So then, yeah, Kirby comes back. And he's like, I got some news about those Kirby's tomatoes. Kirby's been off pressuring the people at the, at the, at the lab. lab. Yeah, he's he has been, been at the lab. lab for 45 minutes. This Kirby, man. So I don't know how much I'd seen Bruno Kirby before this. Young Clemenza. That's it, probably. I don't know. I can't remember anything else because he's young in this movie. He's a baby face. He's a baby. This face. is before his own mustache. Yeah. This is this is a decade before City Slickers. Yeah. You understand? I only. Yeah. I, I mean, I know him from that and when Harry met Sally. That's about it, right? The crystals. But he's great. The Kirby crystals. And he's. A, I mean, he's a guy you saw in every TV show, and and yeah, he was a very prolific. Great guy. name. Yeah. Awesome dude. Right. I thought he was kind of bad. In this movie, he did a lot of like, I'm only acting with this one hand, mm-hmm. and he kept doing this like shadow puppet routine with this. And you're talking about scenes where Bronson may might be asleep. Bronson has like two Coors Lights one night and a hungry man dinner, and he is just hung. well, he did just cross the border. Like <laughs> yeah, a, he is exhausted. He did like comes home to his sad hungry man. Yeah, he had a long couple days before that. The slump that this man is in. We just get Bronson slumped into a recliner. And then he is lying motionless in this chair while Bruno Kirby catches him up on the four days that he missed while he was LARPing as a Mexican guy. And Kirby is just like, and then another thing. I went and got the tomatoes to the lab. (laughs) And then he's going through all this hard data. And they said that this pesticide uses. Oh, my God. Oh, boy. They really lay it out for you. Bruno Kirby gets... To show up back in this movie, and all he does is explain the finer points of like agricultural pesticides. Right. He's like, by the way, in this other movie that we decided <laughs> yeah, this to skip, a different plot while that... you go into your uh, migrant yeah. smuggling movie, yeah, this... that was great. I think I, I saw two different screenwriters on this, so there's a very good chance that this movie was one way, mm. and then they're like, we need to change this into some kind of Charles Bronson movie. That's what happens, right? Oh yeah, like they fought. Canon was just finding already written scripts and then going, "Yep, we can make this into a Bronson." Well, were you saying it was like the original guy was like a newspaper reporter or something? Who oh yeah, it? yeah, yeah. The original writer and was like Friedman an actual had reporter. To like make it into a Charles Bronson movie, essentially. Well, this was this started out as a Michael Douglas production starring Gene Hackman. What could have been? Wow. Borderline was going to be Gene Hackman as the Charles Bronson role until Hackman went through one of those things that he did where he's just like, you know what? I'm not going to act. This would was it? This is probably about the time that Jack Nicholson did his Border Patrol movie. Didn't he do like the, the border? border? Yeah, there was several 1980 to 82 border. It was a pretty movies. hot. To- I mean, I'm assuming it's, it's Reagan been a hot topic. I'm assuming for Reagan years. started demonizing Mexicans, yeah. and then they're like, "We got to start pumping out some of these movies." Yeah, absolutely. I was not alive in 1980, but that feels correct. It feels like it's been a 
bit of an issue yeah, ever but, since but, I can... But uh, yeah, the border. Recall. Walter Hill did extreme prejudice a few years later. Like, yeah, 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 we got a lot of... A lot of Border Patrol movies during the Reagan years. Right. And this, I would not be shocked if this was the first. Man, I bet we can throw a rock and find a direct-to-video George Kennedy mm. Border Patrol, right? Mm-hmm. There's got to be like a Lee Marvin George Kennedy one where like, we can get these guys <laughs> now that it's 1981. Got to be. We'll get, we'll get into this when we do our, more we'll of do our some more Border research. Patrol when we actually look something up. Yeah. But... Uh, yeah, but when it becomes... So, yeah, Gene Hackman retires for the second or third time. That's why everybody's still like, mm, it's been it's been only 15 years. He's still alive. He's only 98, <laughs> you know? He could always he come, come back. He come back for Welcome to Mooseport, too. Uh-huh. Uh, <laughs> I finally did it. He did, he did several Terry Funk retirements. but So this going from a Michael Douglas, Gene Hackman production... And I think Friedman was involved with it then. Like, Mm -hmm. Douglas was going to produce, Friedman was going to direct. And I imagine the budget and the scope of the picture changed a lot. When when Hackman pulled out, causing Douglas to pull out, leaving Friedman with a movie that's just like, all right, what can we do with this? We wanted to make this serious drama about the struggles at the border. Yeah. But now... The one person we can get to do it is Charles Bronson. <laughs> yeah, and, Bronson was yeah Bronson was know, on one of those agreements you, where he's like, I get paid even if I don't work. Yeah, just like so Santa I don't have Claus, to do it. and like <laughs> that's his. He that's gets it. it. He gets that two million even if he. <laughs> I get paid even if he's bad. The day I arrive. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, it's uh. So I think this movie actually kind of it. it Walks that line pretty well. Because, like I said, I got the sense of, of the serious tone of the movie, even if they don't go for any deeper, like, why, you know, why this is happening. They keep trying to do that. They keep uh, trying to bring it back. But then you just, yeah, you do get the, like, never gets, you know, Bronson just never getting phased, uh, just never getting ruffled. <laughs> just, Bronson this shows. This is just a guy that, like, does not take a vacation. No, you, when You, you know, it's funny because you keep seeing him show up to different places. That are not his house. You know, you can see him in La Jolla and you're like, well, this is certainly not his house. And it's not. And then you see him. uh, Finally, when you see him get to his place and they have the quick pan of like how dirty the kitchen is and stuff. It's like you get a little bit of that sense of this guy. The mission is the whole job. And this this guy is. But it's also also got to be Charles Bronson who's like, oh, that drug thing. I don't buy that. Mm -mm. It's it's a you know, it's smuggling. Everyone's like no one kills for for. these don't add up, Charlie. Tomatoes, yeah. These don't add up. Well, He's so like, what? They, they, you know. Once we go full, oh, I wish they went full to live and die in L.A. How did they know? Friedkin hadn't they done were, it, yeah, yet, right? Exactly. Five years hadn't happened. Friedman yet. saw Borderline. Borderline Friedman, crawled. Yeah. So, to live and die now. <laughs> There's so many little similarities that it's just like, oh, once we see his alone apartment life, he doesn't live out in, you know, Santa Monica, wherever right. <laughs> Peterson lived, but you know. His apartment's sadder. Where it really felt like to live in in L.A. was when they raid Burt Remsen's farm, and Ed Harris is inside, and he knows it's getting raided. And he Ed knows Harris him. comes out. He knows that Bronson knows who he is. Yep. Ed Harris comes out on the steps while Bronson's trying to hassle people and just starts cracking jokes. He walks right past everyone. He, yep. Oh my god! It's in a, almost the same kind of like he's not a Lamborghini, but it's like a uh, big black you know 
Thunderbird or something. Yeah. Yeah, I love that Such bit. a cool scene. Ed Harris knows he's been kind of caught. He knows they're onto him. He knows they're sniffing around the barn and everything. And yeah, he just comes out, plays it cool. And then they plan to smuggle 2,000 people in over Christmas Day. This is a Christmas movie. This is a Christmas That's, movie. That blew my mind. When he shows up at La Hala and there's Christmas trees and music. Man. And then they have the big climactic scene is like on Christmas Day. I'm like, this is a Christmas movie. Yeah. I awesome. This really felt, the Christmas thing was really surprising to me. Yeah. Because he literally opens a door to this woman's house in La Jolla and... The second the door opens, all you hear is Christmas music and a Christmas tree in the background. Blasted. First mention of any sort of holiday going yeah. on in this movie, right? So for it to become a movie that's like, all the big stuff happens on Christmas Eve and Christmas Day. <laughs> like, all right. Yeah. That's a, like, why? <laughs> it's such that's a cool. specific choice for no reason. Like, it might as well have been just like, this is happening on the 4th of July. Like, sure. Right. I guess. Yeah, got to pick a date for some some of it to happen. They're all arbitrary, I suppose. <laughs> but when it goes down to, we know what this guy knows, I know what this guy knows, and it comes down to just Bronson and Ed Harris. Mm-hmm. That's that's the stuff. That's the stuff. Right? Yeah, Bronson using his tracking abilities to kind of like pick up a blade of grass and kind of know where Ed Harris is high. Oh man. Yeah, because the whole operation is like. Bronson has the the really good scene is Bronson beating the shit out of that guy in the bathroom. Dang, that was a good beat up a suspect in the bathroom for information. Uh, I scene. love Bronson just grabbing grabs this guy by the lapels and I think just slams the back of his head <sighs> to the wall like twenty straight times. He does not even mix it up with a punch. He's just grabbing the guy and just shaking him. Into I know the wall. what move I'm. If I ever have to shake a guy down. I know exactly. I'm going to take my hat, put it over his face, and then sock him in the gut mm-hmm. so hard. He we, was not pulling that punch. <laughs> he punched that guy so hard. Yeah. You get to the level of star that Bronson got, you don't need to learn how to work a punch. <laughs> just do it. <laughs> you just got, shove a guy's head into a toilet. Stunt better, but really gonna be catch, they're going to be catching strays. Oh, like, man. You're going to be catching an elbow from got Bronson, him. right? He, was, he really hurt that guy. <laughs> and so he finds out the plan and how they're going to move all these people into this ranch property. And they just show up at the ranch property. No warrant necessary arrest everybody and every truck comes in with the full of migrants and like fucking clockwork they just <laughs> pull these guys in without incident until ed harris on the last truck I, it was like a five minute montage of just truck coming into a property guy getting pulled out of a truck them just They're, rushing a bunch of migrants yeah. into the barn running hold, them in there holding hold on. them there no they problem don't time Nobody, for like inefficiencies no in dialogue movie. yeah no, you're under arrest. They just grabbing dudes. It was, uh, I was like, we're still, I was like, we're checking, going through it. Checking the watch. <laughs> Bus 27 Bus 20, showed up. I mean, there was 2,000 wets. It's a lot of people. They wanted to show off how many, that's thing. tons of extras yeah. in this movie. All very authentic feeling. That, that's a lot of great set locations, a lot of great looks. You know, you get the guy that, that did the cinematography for Badlands. You know, yeah, it looked good. Perfect guy to shoot like great big border stuff, right? Mm-hmm. All those desolate areas. There's a lot of uninhabited borderland out there. This was a lot of, yeah, a lot of, you don't have to drive that far out of San Diego to be in the mm-hmm. middle of the desert. My cousin lives out in the desert in San Diego. It's like 20 minutes outside of town. Feels like you are away from society right. already, right? Oh, yeah. 
you are out driving down dirt roads looking for houses, and it is not that far out of town. So when you're down in Baja, where a lot of this looks like, a lot of great, beautiful, senior, you know, picturesque. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, it was all like 20 miles east of San Diego kind of stuff. Yeah. yeah. And uh, when Harris shows up and they go into the chase, and Harris is, oh, man, I love Bronson stalking him through the woods. That was a good that. little ending. That, yeah. that was a cool way to end this, right? Yeah, that had the, that had some good tension of who's going to get who. Yeah. You know, Bronson shows the least amount of ass of any lead it is. That guy's never lost a single fight in any season. Well, sure. Even, even 20 minutes in. He saves that for his wife and daughter. They lose every fight. <laughs> every single fight that they're in in any movie, they yeah. lose and are He doesn't humiliated. pass the skills on to any, no. anyone If in you any are movie. a maid for Charles Bronson, your life is going to be You're done. ruined. <laughs> ruined. Every This is the first Mexican-American woman I've seen opposite Bronson in a movie that was not violently assaulted. <laughs> Like this woman, I don't know her name, but it's she's not like funny. She's like yeah. she's like yeah. It's your true. son gets murdered, and then Charles Bronson helps you. And it's just like, oh dear. <laughs> yeah, and then uh, what happens to me? Don't worry, you just go don't away. Worry, you just go along with him. Yeah, really. <laughs> I only translate for him. Nothing else, right? When all those when all those guys started robbing him at when they were sneaking back, and I was like, this is when she gets it. Yeah, this is when I. Every woman that teams up with every non Jill Ireland <laughs> that gets paired with Charlie in a movie, bad news. Mm-hmm. The guy never loses a single fight. So when Ed Harris turns and just sprays him with bullets, and Bronson just pff, high, shot. No- high noons him. Yep. You're talking the way Ed Harris no doubt killed a Wilfred Brimley. I love Ed Harris's death ball here. Nope, no doubter. Oh yeah, that guy went down hard. No, yeah, there's Boom. no like Sudden, that guy gets up unexpectedly moment. No, he's done. One shot. Yeah, gone. I think I think he might have grazed Charlie on the on the shoulder. I he think did. They I show saw... they show a little like uh, jacket you know fluff coming off. Oh, there's there's blood. He definitely oh, okay. catches a catches some kind of flesh wood on the upper arm there. You wouldn't know it by looking at him. He doesn't act. Judging like by shot. his reaction to it, uh, like my shoulder probably hurts more. <laughs> this just guy, now. yeah, just Bronson did not pay that gunshot wound no. any sort of mind, and why would he? He's got titanium bones, yeah, or he's got maybe he's tough, adamantium. He's, he's a Wolverine. tough customer. He's Wolverine, but man, I'm gonna love these movies. Well, there you go. I'm gonna love every one of these movies. I don't. I hate when Bronson's a cop. I gotta. I gotta get one where he's just back to being a scumbag, killing worse scumbags. Okay, that's better. I gotta do that. Gotta get Mister Majestic. Gotta see him yeah. just. Jamming his that might rifle be the next button, Coslo's groin. Just a humble watermelon farmer pushed too far. God, those melons. Uzi's getting turned on those melons. Like Ed Harris, just whew, a lot of gun work from Ed Harris. That's yeah. great. There's so many Bronson that I could have chosen. Could have done the mechanic. Could have done hard times. We'll get there, you know? We'll get to all of them. I, I like that we do these uh, random ones. I, I, I find that there's uh, a certain satisfaction in... Being like, that was a pretty good movie that I never would have probably watched if we weren't doing this <laughs> I don't know podcast. Why I went so hard for Borderline? <laughs> All these, it's cool. I love. It's I, on Tubi. It's on YouTube. It is easy to find. Uh, you can watch it now. They still they try and wrap it up with another like. I'm still not sure what your message on immigrants is. They try to bring right. in more data. Well, yeah. When they yeah when they do a when whole... they end it with a courtroom scene with the uh, the freeze frame. Yeah. 
They do like a end of Animal House kind of thing yep. where it's like this guy, Burt Remsen, got four to five years. They do that on the screen. Yeah, Michael Lerner, not guilty, insufficient evidence. Lerner, you know, Lerner, Lerner gets was away great. With it. The closing scene, just being like, you know, it's a shame. It's a shame they try it. He gets to play the innocent businessman role yeah. as the guy, right? Uh, and I just, I can't not say Bruno Kirby's red tie in the final scene. What a travesty! How did he get away with that? What? kind of a bib did they put on that little bruno kirby <laughs> so, for his final courtroom scene he is a he's a short looking guy he's a little little fella. he's a little guy and they put not only the widest tie on him <laughs> and the brightest tie but they tied it short which made him just look like a little guy yeah like a little birthday boy <laughs> his little clip on tie right <laughs> what are they doing to our boy they massacred our young Comenzo <laughs> with this tie. What are they doing, oh, right? Bronson had to be like, look, I wore the hat. He's got yeah, the wide exactly. hat. He's wearing the wide tie. That was Bronson's tie, you know. <laughs> He's like, I, it doesn't look good to me, but it'll be great on you, Bruno. On Bronson, that tie would have looked been like, man, that tie looks that sick. That would have been sick. You see how cool Bronson looks in that, <laughs> that gigantic wide tie? tie? That sh- that like tie that's as wide night. as it is is <laughs> a very bib-like thing. And earlier, Kirby was like, cool undercover cop. Like, the cool undercover cop that also looks like he might be in the jam. He's wearing, like, the short leather jacket and the tight jeans. And it's just like, yeah, that's cool. Yeah. Like, all mod cons, Bruno Kirby. And he's just like, well, I have one necktie. I have one, one courtroom outfit. <laughs> he has one court. Man. I always see this movie on Bronson's IMDb. It's got the best bad title. It's called Breach of Faith, colon, A Family of Cops 2. <laughs> we got to do it. This is, like, this is like from 95. We got to do it. This is midnight. That is late, oh, Bronson. Man. Or 97. 90, Jesus, Jesus, that feels late for Bronson. Is he alive in 97? I think the oldest Bronson. No, I guess there was a Death Wish movie from 94. Okay. With Michael Parks as the villain. That's a pretty good Is one. Is that four or five? Uh, Probably it's got to be five. Yeah. Yeah, the crackdown. Or maybe that's just when... I don't know. I get them blurred, right? Uh, I do love The Indian Runner. The Indian Runner is an amazing movie. Hmm. That one's one I always picture as the last Bronson because he dies in the movie and he just plays like uh, David Morrison, Viggo Mortensen's old dad. Hmm. No mustache. But he still had like seven plastic surgery is done by that point so he's got that weird puffy old man bronson face yeah. indian runner is great sean penn movie so that's some 90s bronson that will okay hit up, but you can do that i can't see there being a bronson movie i wouldn't want to hit up let's go back let's do the dirty dozen let's go to the 60s oh, before yeah. he was like a mega star right let's do the white buffalo I'm sure that won't be offensive. <laughs> <laughs> i'm sure we have a lot to we'll say about that some, we'll find a movie to do we'll do something I can't believe it's been 10 months since a Bronson. There's so Let's many hope it's not so another movies. 10. I can't make it a 10, right? Yeah. It came to this. It did come to this. Borderline's easy to find. Yeah. Are we going to end this episode with the Madonna song? Uh, I might be worried too, about copyright too rights on that intensive? one. Yeah. We could we could kind of just hum it on the way out. <laughs> I was just keep waiting. The way the, the way Sweet Child of Mine shows up out of nowhere at the end of Bad Dreams, the whole movie, I was just singing Borderline to myself. Yeah. Just like, are they going to tie it in? There could be no tie-in. That makes no sense. What are you thinking, Eric? But then when it, <laughs> when, when it fades to black, I'm, there's still that part of me that was like, hmm? Or just like a different Borderline song. <laughs> you know, it's like its own. 
Yeah. We're on the borderline. Oh, God, I would have died. <laughs> find us, find that song. Okay. Put that at the end. I'll do here. that. Yeah. I'll yeah, find this the, movie's like... everywhere. This movie. Oh, yeah. I don't even know if this got like a, a Blu ray release or anything. It's not one that I hear Again. a lot of people talking about. Never is, heard of this movie. But it until is in standard definition on every free service. Yeah. Oh, yeah. For sure. To be freebie, the ones that you never use, it's on there. That's a pretty good movie. Go see a Bronson movie that you haven't seen. Yeah. To- worth it for Ed Harris alone. Worth it for A. Wilford Brimley. Mm-hmm. Worth it for all of these cool All the dudes. guys. Yeah. This is a Friedman podcast. I love it. Gerald Friedman. We're doing the MacGyver pilot. Oh, God. <laughs> I'm Eric. I'm Charlie. Thank you for listening, and good night. Good night.